glory to his name. He is worthy. I invite you to open up scriptures with me this morning to New Testament letter known as 1 Corinthians. We'll be in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today. The message titled Sharing Jesus. 2020 was a difficult and deadly year in our nation and 2021 has not really begun any better. In fact, current projections suggest more than 3 million Americans died last year in 2020, up about 15% from 2019. Cancer and heart disease, COVID, violence, political hostility continued to plague our nation. In fact, you know by now that four people died this past Wednesday and several others were injured as thousands of Trump supporters protesting presidential election results stormed the U.S. Capitol. We live in a culture of hostility and death. These stats don't even count the nearly one million unborn babies unjustly taken in our nation through Abortion each and every year. Friends, death is all around us. But praise God, His Word tells of life. God tells of of life. We, We could use some hope today. And friends, we serve a God who gives hope. God gives hope. Our God gives life and hope. He sustains life. In fact, all life is in His hands. And he is a God who redeems lives for forever in Jesus Christ, his son, our savior. Church, we need to hear from him. We, we need Jesus. We need to hear again this morning that Christ is king. And he is sovereign, that he reigns on high, that our citizenship is in heaven, that the dead in Christ will one day rise, and that Jesus will indeed reign forever and ever and ever. These are not truths that are popular in our day. They're not truths that are popular with the world in our day or in really any day. In fact, they weren't popular in Paul's day. Paul writes this letter to the church in Corinth. And in the ancient Greco-Roman world, the highly educated laughed at the thought of a permanent physical afterlife. And in 2 Corinthians, Paul addresses the beautiful reality of life after death. Life beyond death for those who know and follow Jesus. He recounts the gospel of Jesus and how that gospel gives believers victory over sin and hope for eternity. Friends, we have hope. Somebody say, we have hope. A little better than that. Everybody say, we have hope. Church, we have hope, and we want to celebrate that hope today. We want to hear that hope today in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as you find your place in there, there in God's word, let me invite you to open up his word with me. The first Corinthians chapter 15, as you find your place, would you join me standing, uh, whether in body or in spirit, for the reading of God's holy word. First Corinthians 15, I'll be reading verses 1 through 11. Let's hear the word of the Lord. Paul writes, he says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. 
by this gospel you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preach to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. And that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time. Most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James. Then to all the apostles, and last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it is I or they, this is what we preach. And this is what you believed. Would you bow together with me? And Father, we ask now that you would speak to us through your word, by the power and guidance of your spirit. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Last week we began uh, a new sermon series for the month of January called Gospel Habits, meaning disciplines, disciplines or habits that God gives to us that we might know Him and live for Him. They're about knowing Him. And the first of these that we Focused on last week was reading scripture. Gospel habit number one, read scripture. And so we, we focused last week on consuming the word. We looked at Psalm 1 and challenged one another, heard God's challenge through his word to consume his word. I trust many of you are reading the word. But if not, start today. Jump in. Consume the word. Read the word. Read scripture in order to know the living God. Let's be people who long to know God by reading His Word. Gospel habits are not about feeling better about ourselves. They're about knowing God. Those gospel habits are about knowing God, the King of kings and Lord of lords, the great I am, the one and only. They're about knowing Him. Church, these habits are responses to His grace. Responses to to His grace. They're, they're disciplines that God gives to us to know Him more. And we will never be satisfied. We'll never be ultimately satisfied apart from knowing Him. Do you know Him? Do you know God? Do you long to know Him more? Ask the Lord. May we ask the Lord to give us a desire to, to know him more. Gospel habit number one is read scripture. And gospel habit number two that we'll focus on today is, is share Jesus. Share Jesus. Our Meadowbrook Baptist Church covenant. In other words, this is what we ask all church members here to, to commit to, to support. In that church covenant, we say that we will strive to share and to show the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We're going to strive to share and to show the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Christ followers, we will share and show Jesus to the world. We will share the gospel. I asked my, or my son asked me just a few minutes ago, Hey, Dad, what, what are you preaching on today? I said, the gospel. Did, didn't you already do that? Yes. We're always going to hear the gospel. We're going to hear the gospel. We can't share the gospel if we don't know this gospel. So this morning I want us to hear the gospel. And our text is a clear and concise presentation of the gospel. Gospel means good news. And this good news begins with God. The gospel begins with good news of God. Begins with good news of God. It begins with God because life begins with God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The Bible is His word to us, telling us about Him. And according to God's word, He is holy. Meaning there's no one else like Him. He is in a category all by Himself. He is set apart and distinct. He is holy, he is righteous, he is just, he's gracious, he's mighty, he's merciful, he's true, he's incomparable and all-powerful. He is sovereign and he is a perfect judge. And as a perfect and just judge, he cannot overlook sin and guilt. He despises sin, all sin. Pride, greed, immorality, idolatry, racism, abuse, spiritual apathy, among a whole host of other things. As our maker, he wants what is best for us. This is good. He he wants what's best for us. He loves us deeply and he longs for us to know him. He wants to be known by us. But because we have rebelled against him, we are guilty. We are guilty, deserving God's condemnation. The gospel begins with good news of God. Yet we have rebelled against God and deserve his judgment. Friends, we've rebelled against him and deserve his judgment. The the gospel is good news because without it, we're in a boatload of trouble. Trouble results from our sin provoking God's wrath because he's perfectly just, always doing the right thing. He rightly condemns all who sin against him. Our guilt before God is the root of our problem. It's the root of our problem, earning us eternal condemnation from the eternal God. Church, this is a predicament. This is a problem that we cannot solve or overcome. There's nothing that we can do to overcome the problem of our guilt before the perfectly holy, righteous, eternal God, the maker of heaven and earth. No amount of good works or good intentions or moral legislation can eliminate guilt. Only God can remove our guilt and shame. Only God can overcome this problem. And friend, he has. God has. This is why we gather This is why we sing. This is why we celebrate. Because we serve a gracious God who has provided the solution to our problem. In Jesus, God has provided a Savior who is the solution, the only solution for sinners headed for God's eternal judgment. The gospel is the gospel of Jesus. For Jesus Christ is God's answer to our sin. The gospel reveals who Jesus is and what he did for us. Who Jesus is and what he has done for us. The word gospel 
could be attached to any good news worth sharing. But we're talking about sharing Jesus. And so we're talking about the gospel of Jesus. The Bible recounts the gospel of Jesus. And according to Paul, this is it. Verse 3, for what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. So the gospel is the news that Jesus is the Christ or Messiah, the Son of God, and he has taken on full humanity while remaining fully God, fully God and fully man. This gospel is news that Jesus traded places with us. The eternal Son of God, the High King of Heaven, has traded places with us and served as our substitute. It's about His sinless life, His atoning death, and His victorious resurrection from the dead. It is news of Jesus living the faithful life that we have, and it's news of Jesus taking on our sin and our guilt, paying the death penalty for it. Conquering sin and death through his resurrection and ascending back to his rightful place on the throne of heaven and one day returning for his people that they too might live forever in fellowship with him. Who are his people for whom he's coming? It's good news for his people. Who are his people? His people are those who hear this news and turn to Jesus in faith. We must repent and believe in Jesus. We must repent and believe in Jesus. The gospel is news. And we see that in this text. You see this language of this body of information that is being passed on. For what I received, I passed on to you. There's content to this message. It's a message that centers on Jesus. It is news, but it's not just news. It's a summons for sinners against God to put down the rebellion. And return to God through faith in Jesus. For by so doing, we are saved. We are reconciled to God. By so doing, we are forgiven of our sins. Paul says in verse 2, by this gospel you are saved. If you hold firmly to the word I preach to you, otherwise you have believed in vain. So holding firmly to the message of the gospel provides proof of genuine faith in the God of the gospel. By this gospel you are saved, meaning that you cannot earn it. You do not deserve it. You cannot achieve it. You simply receive it by turning from sin and trusting in Jesus for eternal life with God. As we share Jesus As we share Jesus, as we communicate this gospel, we want to communicate the content of the news, this body of information concerning the coming, living, rising, and reigning of Jesus. But we do so not simply to pass on information. It's not just information. We do so to call hearers to respond with repentance and faith. We call for a response because eternity is at stake. This is why we don't... Nor the call for a response to hear the news and to respond with repentance and faith because eternity is at stake. This message matters because eternity is forever. It's forever. 
What you do with Jesus will determine where you spend forever. What you do with Jesus will determine what you, where you will spend forever. The gospel of Jesus is about hope beyond this life. In fact, Paul would go on later in this chapter to say, in verse 17, he'd say, If Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You're still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. If only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. In other words, if the gospel only impacts the here and now, what are we doing? Christ has not been raised, and this is not good news. He's not the one whom he claimed to be. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, he says. The first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Christ has been raised from the dead, and so will we be. We will be raised at the return of Christ to the beautiful reality of an eternal heaven or to the heartbreaking reality of an eternal hell. Friends, eternity is at stake. Christ has paved the way. Christ has opened the door. God's grace is freely offered to you and to me. Respond with repentance and faith for your eternity, your forever is at stake. Our gracious God rescues sinners for eternity. What a God, what a Savior. His good and gracious gospel opens the door of heaven to us. And until then, God's grace changes us. Now. His grace changes us now. So certainly we want to turn to Jesus in faith for we want to be forgiven. We want to be right with God. We want to spend eternity with Him. But it's not just a message of eternity. It's a message that impacts the here and now. And so recipients of this grace, followers of Jesus, respond differently to challenges and obstacles to political upheaval and defeat, to to sickness and even death in a way that is distinct and different from the rest of the world. For the grace of God changes us even now, here and now. Don't miss Paul's personal testimony of God's grace in his own life. He recounts the content of the gospel and then he shares how this gospel has completely and utterly changed his life. It's a body of information of truth that is changed his heart. Listen to what he says in verse 9. Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul is essentially saying, if you want evidence you want evidence that God graciously rescues sinners who oppose him look no further than my life that's what Paul is saying he's not just communicating a body of truth of information he's saying this is truth that has changed my life it has changed my forever look at my life as an example of God's grace. Friend, could you say the same? In sharing Jesus, could you say, I I know this to be true because of the impact that it has had on my life. A sinner 
unworthy and undeserving. As Paul would say elsewhere, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. And there's a great degree to which we should all be saying that when we realize the extent of God's grace and our eyes are open to our sin. Could you say the same thing? For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. The gift of God to you and to me, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Saved by God's grace, not by works, but saved to do good works. Saved to live for God's glory. God's grace changes us now. Have you been changed by His grace? Friend, have you been changed by the grace of the Almighty God? This grace pierced your heart, your life, moved you to give your life to Him. Have you been saved and secured because you have turned to Jesus in faith? This is the gospel good news calling for your response. How will you respond to this good news of a gracious God who forgives sins and gives eternal life in Jesus. This is the gospel. The gospel that we need to hear again and again and again. The gospel that calls for a response. The gospel that we are to build our lives upon and the church upon. We can remember this good news. Many ways to remember this good news. But one way that we can remember this good news is with the word gospel. The word gospel. G, standing for God's character. The character of God. He is Eternal, righteous, perfect, he's holy, and he's gracious. Oh, standing for the offense of sin, our offense against God, our rebellion against him that earns his just condemnation. But because of his grace, he has provided a solution. The S stands for that solution, the sufficiency of Christ, the sufficiency of Christ. He is The answer and the only answer, and he is enough. His blood cleanses and covers all who turn to him in faith. P, standing for personal response. We must respond. Not universally applied to every man, woman, boy, or girl, but it is received in faith. Calls for a response. We must respond. Why should we respond? Because there's an eternal urgency. Eternity is at stake. And this grace of God, when rightly recognized and received leads to life change here and now as we give our lives for his glory. Friends, this is the message, the central message of God's word and of our faith. So friends, may sharing this good news, may sharing Jesus be a gospel habit that we cultivate and practice this year, Meadowbrook Baptist Church. May we be a people who share the hope of eternity found in Jesus Christ, our Lord. Oh, I hope that some of you, in fact, I hope that many of you will join us next Sunday afternoon. Maybe you've never done anything like this and it scares you to death. Well, let's come and let's pray through this together. Let's trust the Lord in this. The one who calls us and equips us and challenges us and commissions us to be his ambassadors, to go forth in his name. Let's commit to sharing Jesus together. One of the tools that we have used before, one of the tools that we have talked through before, that we have shared with one another before for sharing Jesus is called the three circles. So I want us to pause for a couple minutes now and 
to consider this tool. Let's hear somebody walk through this tool to share Christ. If you turn on the television or look at your Facebook feed, it's very clear that we live in a broken world. There's a lot of death, a lot of disease and suffering. But we also see traces of beauty, like the beauty of a sunset or the laugh of a child. And that's because God's design was perfect when he made it. There was no death or disease or suffering. But starting with the very first people, we as humans chose to go our own way and leave God's perfect design. And that's called sin. And and sin is what led to brokenness in our world and us and sinfulness. Well, we don't like to be in brokenness, this state that we're born in. So we try to get out. So for some... They try to get out on their own by climbing the ladder of success at work or school, thinking that'll get them out. Others try to get out themselves by doing good things or being religious and going to church and helping people. And while those are great things, they they don't get us out of brokenness. Some try to drown out the brokenness with drugs and alcohol or attempts at suicide or or maybe even relationships. And these attempts to get out of brokenness ourselves end up snapping us back in like a bungee cord. But God loved us so much, he didn't want us to stay in brokenness. So he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. He provided the only way out. And that is through his son, Jesus. You see, Jesus came down into our world and allowed himself to be killed on a cross taking on our sin. And three days later, he rose from the dead. And he declared that if anyone would turn from their way and surrender to him and believe that Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead, would be willing to make him their king or their Lord, that they would be forgiven and made new and would then be uh, able to experience God's perfect design for their life. And I want to ask you, which of these two would you say you're in? Are you still in brokenness? Or have you repented and believed in Jesus and are now back in his design? Okay, you're in brokenness. Well, which one of these two do you want to be in? Okay, great. Well, is there anything that keeps you from turning from your way and believing in the gospel of Jesus and making him your Lord, your King. Okay, great. You know, when I chose to make this decision, I prayed a simple prayer, very similar to this picture. I just told God that I'm sorry for my sin, that I left your design, and for the ways that I've tried to get out of brokenness on my own. I'm ready to turn from my way and surrender to you, and I believe that this is true. And I want to make you my Lord so I can become new and experience your design for my life. Is that something you'd like to do? And then just pray with them. So this is the Three Circles Gospel presentation. So here's a simple tool, one of many, but a simple tool for sharing Jesus, for sharing Christ. Friends, may we learn a tool. May we know this story. May we use tools that are at our disposal, at our disposal to, to share 
Jesus with those around us. You've heard this news today. You've heard this gospel uh, today. As you hear this message, as you hear the message of Christ, friends, let me urge you to see God's grace. See his grace. See the reconciliation that he offers to you, the forgiveness of sins that he offers to, to you and to me through Jesus, undeserved and unearned, yet freely offered to all who turn and trust in Jesus. See God's grace and secondly, receive his grace. Receive his grace. Turn and trust him today. Salvation is offered to all, but only applied to the lives of those who believe. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Have you believed? Do you believe? Have you received his grace? Believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ today and you will be saved. Receive his grace by turning to Jesus in faith. See God's grace, receive God's grace, and then brothers and sisters, share God's grace. Share Jesus. May we be a people who share and show the gospel of Jesus Christ. The privilege of sharing Jesus with the world has been given to us by our Savior. And so church, may we respond with obedience. May we respond with faithfulness. May we respond by sharing Jesus with our children, with our parents, with our neighbors, with our co-workers and classmates, with our teachers and students, with the postal delivery guy, with the cashier, with the waitress, with strangers, with whosoever the Lord puts in our path. May we be a people who share Jesus. And Father, help us to do so. Lord, guide us to go in the way of knowing, following, and sharing the gospel of Jesus. Lord, guide us for your glory. Help us to be faithful. Give us strength. Father, help us to see your grace. Father, help us not to strive to do this in our own strength. But Father, help us to be consumed by your grace as people who have received your grace and who continually look to the cross of Christ and are driven to proclaim you, to proclaim your glorious grace and to see folks come to know and follow Jesus. Lord, guide us in that way. Guide us as individuals. Guide us as families. Father, guide us as a church family to know and to share Jesus for the glory of Jesus. And it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen.